You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Matt. <laughs> Do you know how we start this? That is how we start this. That's true. It's true. That's it. That's the opening line. That's right. And then... And then I have to ask you something to start it. Exactly. Precisely. And then the long con. Yeah. All right. Right. Well, long con spring. We've got uh, quite a few games posted, but some empty seats. Some empty seats. A few empty seats. On Sunday. Sunday doesn't have a lot of games posted. Saturday's got all the games posted with hardly any players. The Sunday games are pretty But the full tickets are sold out. That's or true. the badges are the sold badges out. The badges are to sold use out. their terminology. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, uh, people need to either get in there and pick their games. Typically. Yeah, but that's nothing new. Yeah, right, right. But I'm excited about that. It's going to be fun. It'll be good to see some of our friends we haven't seen in a while who will be running and playing games. It'll even be fun to see our friends that we have seen in a while. There's that, too. Just because you're a local and we see you all the time, we still love you. Absolutely. I'm tickled Ron's going to be playing in one of my games and pl- as a player as well. In three other ones, so that's kind of cool. He's a player in one of your games? Yeah, well, I'm only running I mean, one game, and he's a player in that game. Okay, I was like, yeah. you'd be a player in one of my games and three other of my games. Well, I was he, like, Wait he's, a minute. he's a fellow player, as in I will ah. be playing more than likely, unless we're going to do something crazy on Sunday or whatever. Right now, I am running one and playing none. Yeah. I've been asked to play in Gary's games, and I've kind of hemmed and hawed. He doesn't listen to this, so he won't never know. But he all, he all, yeah, he always asks me that. That's right. Silver Bullet, folks, go check it out. Exactly, it's good stuff. Heather's a big Stephen King fan. Does she like the Silver Bullet? Has she seen it? I'm not entirely sure. It's probably one of those ones that she saw back in the day and needs to watch it again. Yeah, you need to watch it again. Pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Absolutely. Stephen King's good work, and it's got uh, what's-his-name, and uh, one of the better roles, even though a minor part, from old uh, Busey. Busey's the, the lovable uncle, mm-hmm. you know. So. And, of course, you've got to have at least one of the Corys in there to be an 80s movie. Exactly, yeah. Which, that's the one that died, right? Drug overdose? I think it's the other one. Feldman's still alive, which is probably the ones people wish would have overdosed or something. But this is, Corey Haim is in that one. And he, uh, I believe he overdosed at some point, maybe in the 90s or early aughts. Hmm. I can't remember, but yeah. For some reason, somehow I've lost track of the Corys. Well, you know, I mean. Which God one bless. was the one that hung out with Michael Jackson? That's one who's still alive and is a very really? much an odd duck. Go figure. He hung out with Michael oh, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, didn't they have a reality show for five minutes too? Something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what was it? What's the channel that has like History Channel? Yeah, probably. Which is haha because it's so historical. But they've the Learning Channel. Yeah, it's sad anymore. There's no history and no learning on those channels. But God, I can't remember it now. But the show was actually decent the first few seasons. It have it's called like the B somethings or whatever. But they were all those kind of B actors or people that were extra characters on a show and he, or they had their the B life or something. Yeah, exactly. Or something. Uh, the surreal life. Oh, they okay. called the surreal life. But what it really was, was, yeah, it was like, who is this person? Oh yeah. You know, whatever. Like the, who was the one guy who played like Joey or something on full house. He was on one of the first few seasons. What's hilarious was old, um, Ron Jeremy was on one season, the same season as Tammy Faye Baker. 
which they end up being chummy, which was mm-hmm. kind of funny. You know? Vince Neal was on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on the season before that one. So during that season, he he invited them to a nudist colony he was friendly with. Tammy Faye wouldn't go on principle, you know. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. And she died of cancer not long after that. Mm. Yeah, we went down the rabbit hole on that one. Yeah, I'd say you brought down the room, but <laughs> not really on that one. <laughs> not dude. really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I always loved the T-shirt that showed a bunch of smeared makeup. And it'd be like, I ran to Tammy Faye at the mall. You know, no one will get that reference. But for those of you that do, you're welcome. You know. Well, I went down the rabbit hole the other day by listening to Ozzy Osbourne's Miracle Man. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. For That was Stuart, right? Well, Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy Swaggart. Swaggart, yeah. yeah that's it. I have sinned against you. I can remember him coming out the first of the two or three times he got caught. Going, I have sinned against you. And that's how you end your career right there. But the Lord has forgiven me. Yeah, well, he might have. But after the third time he did it, we're all kind of done of you. But that's like what's weird is God bless these people. uh, Keep themselves out there. Tammy Faye's husband, Jim Baker, you know, he was. Because uh, he, again, he got caught, you know, messing around with his secretary and all that. And that brought down his uh, evangelical empire. He has some streaming Internet show or something now and i watched part of an episode because it was so absolutely bizarre and surreal he's still alive yeah and he's got this show with these other coot birds you know like backing him up and the crap they're talking about is just insane and it makes him kind of mad though because they were like you need your holocaust survival bucket and if you'll send us a hundred dollars you know we'll send you your your genuine holocaust survival because any day now holocaust is coming and you need your special bucket you know and you're like well, what's in the bucket and what and that's why you got to pay the hundred dollars yeah, exactly for your apocalypse survival kit probably a little leaflet of, of special jim baker prayers or something that'll protect you in the holocaust but anyway the end times yeah it's weird it is weird yeah just like the beginning of this podcast <laughs> Uh, is this weirder than the time we started talking about bread and cheese and bowel movements or something? <laughs> I remember that one. I don't. We went down the rabbit hole on that one. Anyway, that's what the listeners tune in for. Exactly. Oh man, nonsense. Corn and peanuts. But anyway. So uh, anyway, there's a long con spring. Absolutely, long con spring. Be there. Come check it out. Even if you don't have a ticket, come check it out. Come look. Come get you a boy. One of them good boy is NTRPG is right around the corner. Yeah, I'm getting excited about that. Burgers at the Dragon's Nest. Exactly. too. And uh, yeah, so if you are going to NTRPG, if you're listening to this about the time it gets published, mm-hmm. get ready for your signups on the 15th of April. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then sorry, this will be the reminder that you missed it. Maybe where you're like, ah, man, I always miss out on that. But see, it's not at midnight anymore. Now it's at. I think it's supposed to be five. Five in the afternoon, we think. That's the one thing they've broke away from tradition because, yeah. Um, there's that. All right. Well, here we are on episode 81. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Nobody. We've got to get to 100 so we can quit. Is that what it takes if we can quit this? Yes. All right, let's get cracking. We don't have a mandate from the people to keep going. So, exactly. Or to end it. So I think they might get excited if they thought we were going to end it. You know, Watch the listenership go up. Exactly. But we, we're moving on to the world of video anyway. So Heck yeah. So last Tuesday, we were on the Goodman Games channel live. 
Mm-hmm. And you can watch the recording of it on Twitch mm-hmm. and hopefully on YouTube soon. Yeah, eventually it'll hit YouTubes. Yeah. All right, now we get into the standard pop culture goodies. Here we go. Books. Okay. Uh, as y'all know, if you pay attention, I'm uh, rereading some Michael Moorcock. These are actually not rereads. I never read these back in the day, but they're the, the Hawkmoon books. And there's the four books that are like The Ruin Staff. Because I've read uh, Michael Moorcock stuff through the years, mostly like the Elric stuff and a little bit of Corum. But I'd never read the Hawkmoon books. But anyway, I'm, I'm on the fourth book now, which like this is called the Ruin Staff series. There's like four of them, and the fourth one is called like the Ruin Staff. And so far, so good. I've really enjoyed it. How did the staff get ruined? That's a good question. Um, but it's covered in runes, I imagine, you know. So that's Hello. it. Oh, and then otherwise, reading-wise, uh, it's a funny thing. I was out and about. And I saw the book. It's like a book someone did about the chicken ranch. You were talking about the movie a while mm, back, chicken. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. There, someone did a book about, you know, the story of how it started, how all that stuff happened. And on a goof, I bought that. I haven't read it yet, but I intend to. Just, it's interesting. It's Texas lore and history. Hopefully, they have, they have some chicken recipes in there too. That'd be delicious. You've been reading any comics or books? I'm not allowed to. Oh, my. I'm not allowed to say. I did finish off Claymore. Okay, cool. So if you get a chance, it's on Hulu. You can check out that series. It's good. And then that might. It's a anime. And then there's a manga as well. Oh, okay, okay. So you were you saying, wait a minute, Hulu, that's visual watching or something. Yeah. So, but so you can watch the cartoon, ah, the animated version. It's based off the manga. Yeah. And it's very much alike but it goes maybe halfway through the books. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we're doing one season of this show, so we can tell you this much of the story, and then we're going to pop an ending on it. But then for the books, it just goes on another, I don't know, 50 chapters or something. So can you give us like a quick, you know, what would be synopsis? I mean, just what's the what's the theme? What's it about? Yes, I can. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, did you want me to... Please elaborate. Oh, okay. I thought that was just a yes or no. Yeah. I think we might have talked about it a little bit before, but yeah. uh, since it's Japanese, mm-hmm. they have their demons, uh-huh. which aren't really necessarily like from hell. Like Oni, you know. It's just monsters, basically. Yeah, yeah. So there are these monsters that pop up randomly in the world, and at like the low level, they can look like people. Mm-hmm. And then they eat people. So there'll oh like be one in the village eating people. And then your village elder or whatever has to call the Claymores. Kind of like, it sounds like, like Witcher. Yeah, like a lot of, I mean, there's a ton of those. Or I'm trying to think what it is. Like uh, all the Western stuff, like have gun, will travel. Mm-hmm. Like have you got a problem in town? Or the A-team now, huh? right? Huh? Is there a problem that you can't solve? Huh? Call in the experts if you're lucky enough. Yeah. You'll find them. So that's how that is. So you call one of those claymores in, and they're all female oh. because of this. Again, back to the Witcher, uh-huh. the process that turns them from just like you're a regular human into the superhuman fighting machine. Mm-hmm. Only women can handle it, which I'm trying to think in the Witcher if that's only men. Yeah. I guess Siri is kind of split the difference, but mm-hmm. I guess you somebody who's read those novels could fill us in. Yeah. But anyway, for that, for the Claymores, it has to be a lady. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they carry 
big claymore swords because you need something that massive to take on these demons. Mm-hmm. So that is the nickel version of it. Okay. But they have, I, this is not too spoilerific. You find it out pretty fast. The way they're made mm-hmm. superhuman mm-hmm. is they're basically half demon. Oh, wow, themselves. They put demon material into them. Oh, wow. To turn them into half and half. And eventually, they will release so much of that demonic energy, mm-hmm. the monster energy, mm-hmm. that they will turn themselves. So, you know, they they bec- will become what they fight. They, they become the very thing that they fight against. Wow. Except yeah. for when they do it, they're usually super badass. Yeah, of course. They're not the garden variety ones. Yeah. So they have, in the hilt of their swords, they have black cards. Uh-huh. So when they feel their time getting close... Mm-hmm. They'll send it to like one of their good friends or something and be hey. like, come kill me. Yeah. The end is drawing near. Wow. That's kind of neat. That's, yeah. I got so that's, a, that's cool pretty neat. That's a neat idea. That's a neat concept. Cool. But if you like seeing uh, demons getting slayed and all these, I mean, so many weird, twisted creations that they make because mm-hmm. the Japanese and Eastern style is just a lot different with that. Sure. So. You see some really cool, interesting ideas that way, well, too. Well, you know, the old DMG, God, I love that book. There's so much good material packed into that that book. It used to have some tables in the back for, like, producing a random demon, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. where you could roll it up, and, like, it's got horns and two heads, and it's blue, and, you know, it's got claws and, you know, whatever, something, and it spits acid. I mean, and it's that way, like, every demon would be unique or different or something. So that's, yeah, that's neat, you know, not samey-samey. Yeah, or just... Oh, look, it's you know, the typical horn thing coming at you with hooves. No, I mean, yeah, it's something crawling along the wall and has a million eyes or something, tentacles. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, there's one that's basically like a saw blade. Oh, wow. So it's like, how are you going to fight that? Yeah. Where it can just spin and destroy everything. So Yeah, that's it's, tough. It's interesting, interesting designs and new ideas for you to steal for your adventures. Exactly. All right, any other books? No. How about TV? Uh, TV, this is kind of funny, but last night I come downstairs and no, Heather loves her cooking shows. She's watching, uh, she said, Hey, guess what's on Tubi? She's watching the man show and so, and laughing. It's so, you know, and I'm like, it was funny to watch Jimmy Kimmel when he was second banana to Adam Carolla and all this playful joking, you know, misogyny and to see him now being this big, you know, virtue signaling, you know, whatever, you know, on ABC, it's hilarious. So she just watching the girls on trampolines. Uh, that was me at the end, you know, but now I was laughing. I come in, I was like, are you shitting me? And she's like, it's funny, you know, and it's on Tubi. So you got any other TV? No, that's pretty much it for TV. Me too. Wow. You're a big TV guy. Well, I have been rewatching some of Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? The other day I thought about that. You and me are way on a wavelength way too often. That's concerning. We we need to spend more time apart, I think, or something. Well, but. the last season of Better Call Saul, I uh-huh. think, is coming out the 16th or the 18th on Netflix. Uh-huh. Finally. Yep. So I think I was reading one of those, what's the best TV shows on Reddit? Because they've had a million of those lately. What's mm-hmm. the best show? What had the best ending? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was like, Breaking Bad's not getting enough appreciation. Yeah. Because people are like, Sopranos, which was good, but yeah. it wasn't good all the way through. No, no. And I, and I tell you that, like, I've watched Saw Dribs and Drabs, and it's so good when I did, but I'm like, no, 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 I should just wait till it's done. It's done now. I can want, I can binge it. So, 
I don't know if Heather's going to like it. If not, I'll just watch it on my own. But it's yeah, I got to check out Saul because what I have watched the past year and there was definitely on par. I won't say maybe not Breaking Bad level, but it's pretty good. Well, just because it's more recent now, a lot of people are like, it's even better. I I'm wouldn't like, say mm, that. Yeah, That's yeah. a bold statement. It's good, but I don't think it's better than Breaking Bad. It's, there was a certain fortunate alignment of the planets for Breaking Bad. It's the perfect actors for the roles who acted really well. Great writing, you know, great acting. I mean, that made the career of that one guy who who played the oh, you know, the the Chicken Brothers who was oh, yeah. yeah, that I can't even his name. It's but that guy's done so many things Gus since Spring. then. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a brilliant actor and he was phenomenal. He's great in everything he's in. Anyway, just yeah. And of course you loved uh Mike, you know, and his character and Oh yeah. And you hate to see how he went, but that's par for the course, you know. What is that spoilers for a Ten-year-old show or whatever. I, yeah, but I well, I didn't say anything. I just said, you know, you hate to see. But I will know. say, if you're doing a rewatch, mm -hmm. some of the stuff where you're like, uh, where Tuco takes them out into the desert, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, uh, you know, you know how it's going to resolve. Mm -hmm. So it loses some of that suspense. Mm -hmm. It was still good, but it's not. You can't go back and start biting your nails again and be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, because like you know. And even, I mean, honestly, when I started watching it, you said, man, I'm so envious of you. You're watching it just as they're going into the last season. You're not going to have to wait through all those uh, cliffhanger endings and wait to see what happens when the season joins back up or whatever. It's nice to be able to, because there's times where like, I'll watch one more, and then it's that cliffhanger, and you're like, ah, bullshit. I got to see what happened. But I like, like you said back in the day, anyone who hasn't watched it yet, go watch it. And like Eddie said to me, at what point do you go, yeah, screw you, um, Walt, you know, well, like at a certain point, and that's why it's, called, I guess, Breaking Bad is like, you know, but at what point do you go, yeah, because you, initially you're like, you know, Walt's a likable guy. He's not bad. But there's a certain point. Some point, if you're the person who never, ever turns on Walt, I'm kind of like, whoa, you kind of concern me. But there's a point where you go, yeah, Walt's a scumbag. I'm, I, okay, I'm not rooting for Walt anymore. Yeah. And so it was funny. Eddie was like, when was your point of like. Yeah, what's your Breaking yeah, Bad? Yeah, yeah. So anyway. But no, it's a great series. Good call. All right, so how about some movies? Ironically enough, the other night, came home from work, really kind of tired, had about an hour and a half to kill, flipped over to Netflix, and what popped up as like one of the suggestions was Smokey and the Bandit. Mine too. And so I, I don't know if they're giving that to everybody or just me and you. Or just, I think maybe right now it's trending in the U.S. or something, but I, I broke down and watched it, you know? It's a classic, you know? It is, even yeah. the second one. Yeah. It's like Heather's like, that was so much fun. We ought to watch the second one. You know? But I'm trying to think about Dom DeLuise in that one with the baby elephant and yeah, stuff. But yeah, but there's a third one as well, right, that I, we don't speak of? I, or else, I don't know. But then again, then there's even Cannonball Run. If you like watching him on a darn uh, racing down the road, if you let, and making wisecracks, you know, you've got, if you if you can't. It's got Jackie Chan. Exactly. I've got a bunch of people in the Cannonball Run. Roger man. Moore. Roger Moore, uh, Jack Elam, you know, that used to be in Westerns, had that one wandering eye. Uh, Barbara Box in it. Uh, gosh, just all, yeah. A cavalcade of stars. 
Yeah, especially 80s stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dean Martin makes, I think, an appearance in one oh, of him, them. Yeah, something. him and Sammy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like, what? Yeah, it's, so, it's Wacky Racers, the movie. Yeah, it, yeah. Or, or like, you know, the way back in they did that movie, it's a mad, mad world. And it had a lot of, at that time, people that were movie stars and a lot of comedians and stuff were in it. And again, remember to take your Geritol shot. Yeah, if you get the Mad, Mad World reference. But that's a neat movie. Okay, but yeah, so I watched uh, uh, Smoking the Bandit. What about you? Movies? Nope. Okay. That's all uh, TV show time. All right. Video games? Video games? I you know you've been playing the FO76. A, a little bit. I've done some dailies here and there. Just just after work, I got like an hour before I go to bed. Eh, I'll try to do a few dailies. I've actually done a few of the new, what would you call them, things where you show up and like there's this wave of monsters and a big bad and all that at the end. Then a couple of those that they've introduced since I'd quit playing. A couple of them were fun. I kind of enjoyed it. I've played a little bit of uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. That's Rondo. one of those like, I got a five minutes to kill. I'll boot this up and yeah. beat a level and go about my business. And I'm trying to think what else I played a little bit of. Oh, Overcooked. That one's a lot of fun. Hmm. But you got to have the right. If you're one of those people that cannot stand up under pressure, like mm -hmm. if the countdown starts coming and it's like beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. You're running yeah. out of time. Uh -huh. That game's not for you. Huh. But it is about cooking. And go figure, yeah. And it's basically like your chefs in the kitchen uh -huh. as a team. And it's like, you do this and I'll do that. And kind of distributing the work and mm -hmm. keeping things a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I work on the sauce. You chop the, the meat, whatever, you know, or yeah. something. So yeah. my wife cannot play that at all. I was waiting to see. It sounds all. like a team game, so you must be playing it with Jen. No. <laughs> She, we've already determined, we've probably talked about this on a podcast in the past, she cannot handle anything well, under pressure. She's in good company. I could see Heather having a nervous breakdown trying to play something like that. So, again, yeah, I mean, you know. All right. So, that's what a little bit of video games that I've got in. All right. Now, the thing is, our topic. <gasps> and once again, Matt sets it up brilliantly. Uh -huh. Hey, you got any ideas for a topic? Not really. Well, parlay. I'm like, well, we're going to talk about what the topic. We're going to go back and forth and try and figure out a topic. And he's like, no, the topic is parlaying. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm like, that should be great. That should, this should be our <laughs> finest episode. <laughs> you say that, but you know, well, like last time, I think people enjoyed the dragons ones. And again, that was me. I was a, I had a little potato water on board and I was like, dragons. And you were like, okay. You know, this is the best episode that's ever. A, that's a great idea. You know, so part well, of did you go back and listen to that episode? No, I did not. Wow, you have really let all the listeners down. Well, you know, I mean, I don't. But I think that was a good episode. No, I think it was. Actually, Heather came and said, oh, I thought that was great. One of y'all's best. So there you go. There you go. Oh, and I'll, I'll uh, butt in with this, too. I was going back and looking at our little private Facebook group. Uh -huh. For topics, uh -huh. like, you know, all these times this comes up and we go, what should we do? What should we do? So we've got lists of topics. Yeah. So I'm searching it out. And Matt had originally said for this one, uh -huh. GM burnout. Yeah. And I go back and look and I'm like, yeah, we did that as episode 36. But it also pops up quite a few times as suggestions. 
Well, what can I say? But but I'm trying to tell us something, Matt. Right. But well, because GM burnout is a thing. Well, I mean, you look at yeah, but is it a thing you're experiencing? Is what the listeners want to know. Well, well, I was talking. Well, good example. Our our buddy Laurelin. I never heard her complain because she's a sweetheart, and I think she handled it really well. But at one point, like she got stuck DMing every time, and she was running for tables of like what you know. 10 people and that just comes down to nobody else was willing to step up and, and it's really I'm going to put it out there and some people might be listening be like and be butthurt but it's kind of selfish that no one ever thought to go I bet Lauren liked to play or hey why don't I break off and maybe run a table and it's not like you get stuck doing it every time but for not one person at that table to step up or help out that's kind of poopy you know and that's how GMs get burned out you know this is where we are probably lucky to not have the video podcast if you see the look yeah. on my face. Yeah. The look of utter disgust for that. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're 100% no, no, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and so I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some people on the table that are they're good people, and I like them. I shake their hand, love gaming with them, good people. Yeah, I break bread with them, whatever. But I'm, I'm shaking my finger of shame at you because you got to figure eventually Lauren quit doing it, and that's why she burned out. I guarantee you. And, you know, and that people are apathetic to that fact. Well, I got my game in while I could. You know, and when people talk about nowadays, like no one wants to DM. Well, there's things like this. The people that like, I kind of like DMing, but then all of a sudden they're like, ugh, I'm stuck. Now I'm like a forever DM. No one else stepping up or helping out. One of the best things when I talk about, y'all heard me talk about living Greyhawk through the years. When I first was introduced to it, the first thing I thought of how brilliant you're not going to have that DM burnout because everybody took a turn running. Now, there were some people that ended up running more than others because people that enjoyed running and it was more in their wheelhouse. But ultimately, that's how that campaign went as long as it did because it's not one person having to run it all the time. Yeah, but when we brought up that for our club, Mm-hmm. That immediately got shot down. Well, sure. Like, I won't be coming anymore. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. There, there are people that yeah, are like, oh, you're going to want me to run? I'm out. It's like, wow. You know, you would quit rather than, good Lord, you know? But anyway, that's all, but that's not our topic. I hope we're going about But that's where, even, and he didn't mention this, but I did say, haven't we done GM burnout? And you were like, yeah, I think we have. And then you went and saw and went, yeah, we've absolutely done that. So I, I thought I remember us doing it, but I wasn't sure. And it might be 37. I know it's. Uh, give me a break is the title. Yeah. So by all means, that's number 37. If you're interested in what to do about GM burnout and it, this is where players can help the game master and blah, blah, blah. Um, but what parlay is our topic today? So, okay. Do you remember the very first game we put at the very first North Texas? Yes. Of course you do. It was with Stan Shin. That's right. But I, I, I'm guessing, was it like first edition? See, I don't know if it was BX first edition, Labyrinth Lord, but it was in it was that. something OSR. Uh, yeah, something definitely uh, for the, the, a very appropriate North Texas. And we had, I can't speak for it, I had a phenomenal time. Oh, I had a lot we of did. Fun. Yeah, we both did. We've talked about it many times. Which that was a walk-up game. Like it, we have praised many times just the virtue of going up. Maybe I should do that this year, but we'll see. That might be a thing. One of, but anyway, one of my many fond memories from our uh, first trip to North Texas RPG Con was our first game. It was Stan Shin, again, nice guy who runs a great game. We met some orcs and we did murder hobo them. I remember in two the game. in the game. I remember two of our party mates were peeved that we wouldn't let them go psycho. We gambled and we drank with the orcs. How cool is that? You know? Um, so, how did we get here? Oh, because my character went up and talked to him. Yeah, exactly. This was the thing in old school fantasy RPGs when we cut our teeth. From third edition on, there was a shift to role playing becoming more miniatures and maps, a tactical game over theater of the mind. 
more of a mentality that everything's a walking experience point. Evil humanoids that are kill on sight and all PCs are kill on sight by the monsters. Um, you know, and so I, I, I was trying to decide like, well, how do we get here? Because I can remember when I was a kid in old school gaming, you might parlay with the monster. You might, not everything was going to instantly kill you. You know what I mean? Okay, so here's the old men reminisce about when D&D was correct and proper in the world. Yeah, well, I mean. Which, yeah, that's that's sarcastic, I mean. Yeah. The game he played. But to look back with these ancient eyes, mm-hmm. you go, we weren't as murder hobo-y. We would talk to stuff more. We did. I did. I remember the games I ran and played. And everything. Races were evil. Certain races were evil. But even But now then, they're not. Yeah, but yeah, so you would think, yeah, where it's like, remember, not all races are evil. Just because it's an orc doesn't mean it's an evil orc. Wouldn't you be more inclined nowadays? And to that's talk? why I thought the paradox when I was writing this. I thought, what a paradox they keep pushing this. Now, not all the orcs and dark elves are evil, but yet, if you see one, they're going to run at you bloodthirstily and try to kill you, and you should kill them. But now remember, they're not necessarily evil. So that's what I like was back in the day, orcs were evil, dark elves were evil, but. I can remember playing an adventure where it's like if you didn't want to just blindly attack a pack of dark elves and they were smart enough one if they go, well, some of their gear's glowing, these guys look pretty well equipped, they have a certain demeanor, and eh, maybe we'll we'll try to parlay first, you know. But given you as the GM and that's I'll say like a lot of things. Things became more and more mechanical as we went along. And some people, it's not their real gaming strength, like something like parlay. It does take a certain degree of, of acumen. It's something that anybody, I'm saying this first, anybody can do it. But some people are going to be innately better than other people. But it's like anything, it's a skill you can develop. Would, would you agree with that statement? Yes. Okay. And so, um, and like one thing is, you don't have to do the silly voices. You're not Matt Mercer. So, I mean, you know, if they, it's goblins. Durk, 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 durk. <laughs> We had a fun time with that the other <laughs> night, by the way. I think afterwards, me and Heather were laughing, going, burr, burr, you know. Anyway. Ghosts of Mars, folks. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but there was a thing in old school fantasy RPGs where we cut our teeth. Um, I already said all that. Uh, not every demi-human needs to be a psycho murderer. The orcs worked for Soriman and fought alongside some human troops that were equally evil. So there's humans that are evil or bandits, but bandits used to go, hey, you know, your money or your life, you have a chance to parlay. You might try to intimidate the bandits or let them know how badass you are or something. I'll talk so, them up. Yeah. And my it, money and my life. Exactly. It's like, what kind of chump bandit gives me an option? All right, mm-hmm. you know. But help them improve their business model. Exactly. But ultimately, if there's, uh, if back in the old Living Greyhawk days, in the realms of Ayus, the bandit kingdoms, they use hobgoblins because they're a little more militaristic and a little more regimented or whatever. Those were like guards inside town you know, whatever, where they could work a little better with humans. And the orcs were a little too feral and barbaric. They would still use them as, like, uh, enforcers out in the countryside. So you might be traveling along, and if, if you ran across a group of orcs, they'd be like papers. They weren't just like, my humans kill. No, they were working for Ayus. They were somewhat like, we've got a job or whatever, you know, ooh la la. And they would come up, and there would be one that probably knew some decent English. Give me your papers. and if you So they wouldn't be an evil race if they had more employment opportunities. Exactly, exactly. Ha ha. But no, um, and, but they would ask for your papers or something. If you didn't have them, you might get beat and flogged. And they you used to have a, a an AR addendum sheet you would get called whip scars where like your character would lose so many time units where you were working in the silver mines and where you got whipped and beat and then you your character was released back into play but you lost so much play time where you were supposed to have been in the mines and you'd lose like 
the majority of your gear or something like that. But at least your character's still playable. And now you had that whip scars AR or whatever. So in certain instances, if they saw those scars, they might be like, oh, you you were a slave in the silver mines. Is that an escape slave? You know, and there's all that whole level of, it was an interesting aspect of the. But LG was so tied to your gear if you lost your gear. That was a fate worse than death, right? Exactly. That's what was tough about that. So you definitely didn't want to get, you know, captured or whatever. But sometimes. That's one way to take care of mouthy NPCs. Yeah. Or PCs, should I say? I, yeah, I knew what you meant. Um, but anyway, Greyhawk Bandit Kingdoms, the evil ruling class, employed hobgoblins, like I said, in cities alongside evil humans as guards, etc. Orcs in the countryside as enforcement there. Um, how? So here's the thing: is so yeah. So as you can see, when your players are playing the game, well, another thing we talked about this before: old school gaming. Sometimes you would have what I guess the nomenclature I don't know what it is these days, but an untiered encounter i.e. you've thrown something at the players they really shouldn't fight. And I love the story back in the LG days, and thank goodness I went on this table, but a party met like a a freedy lord, and they were this was like an adventure for characters level like two to four. So metagaming-wise, you know you're not meant to fight an elder, a freedy lord or something, right? At any level probably, but definitely not second to fourth. So everyone's genuflecting and crawling on the floor and kissing his boots and groveling. And one player goes, thumbs his nose and goes, kiss my ass or whatever. And the free lord just waved his hand and like this field of fire erupted and just incinerated a lot of them like TPK or whatever. And they were so mad at that guy. And he's like, well, they wouldn't throw something at us. We're not meant to fight. And it's like, they're going, no, they absolutely will. And did you dumbass, you know, and then, and so these, all these guys lost their characters because this one dumbass. So maybe they should just call that intelligence checks. Right. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that was an instance where, yeah, you're supposed to parlay. You're supposed to, you know, you know, talk with it. And so like, you're like, well, I want to throw a giant at my characters, but they're only whatever level. Well, Given the thing where they hear the thumping of the boots ahead of time and they have time to hide so that and then hide from the thing and have it be fairly oblivious. They make some rules to scare them behind a screen. And then they can decide if they want to either evade it, dumb enough to attack it, which that's on them because they didn't have to attack it, or they might parlay with it. And who knows? If it's a big, dumb giant, they might bamboozle it or flim flam it or who knows what. And mm-hmm. what a cool story is that to tell. You still kind of beat the giant. I might even give them some experience points because not full value but part of it because you interacted with the giant and walked and lived or whatever you know i mean what if you even had just seen a big pack of orcs that you were like man you know we need to fight him but there's too many of them we'll bamboozle this giant into attacking the orcs and maybe mop up whoever's left afterwards or something i mean so see how there's some really neat interact see how cool that is i mean wow you know so that's the benefit of parlaying you know yeah, I'd be more inclined to, to give them the full XP value if it accomplished something too. Mm-hmm. Like get the giant to stop attacking this town. If you don't kill him, you just talk him into it somehow. That's fine. You accomplished your mission. Here's the XP. Yeah, the, oh, no, definitely. If you accomplished the mission by hook or by crook, you know. Um, so, you know, when so when deciding like, okay, in a parlay. So let's say in our instance, the giant or a pack of orcs or whatever, like how where should you come from as far as them talking you know to the to players it's like how competent are the bad guys how loyal are they to their leaders these things have bearing so you might either have notes of this ahead of time or or in the moment think of these things go well let me roll a dice like one they're super loyal six they're incredibly unloyal or whatever and that might show you where they might come from where like here comes a party that looks pretty well equipped the orcs have equal number or barely outnumber them 
you know, the orcs might go, you know, we're not that loyal to our leaders. These guys are pretty tough. They might be more up to take a bribe. And how cool if you could evade a fight by just bribing the enemy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so these are things. When's the last time you heard about somebody bribing the, the enemies or something? No. Uh, so, yeah, size matters. Ha, ha, ha. How big is the monster of the group of demi-humans in relation to the PCs? If the party is heavily outnumbered, there's more chance of attacking uh, or at least it makes the bad guys react from perceived strength. So yeah, if this, the, the orcs outnumber the party three to one, they might come up and stick their chest out and go, you know, yeah, you need to give us that cool looking sword or whatever. And the party's like, no, nah, I ain't giving up my magic sword or whatever. But so they might be more apt to be like, we want loot, we want food and, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, this is an online game. It doesn't have your level or the dragon's level over your heads. Diplomacy should be an option unless it's a mindless animal or undead. The dragon knows he's a badass, but why fight if he doesn't have to? Also, you feel better about throwing inappropriate monsters' levels against the players. If they attack everything they meet, this may break them of it. Um, so what do the monsters' bad guys want? Money, simple bribe may suffice. Food, even mindless beasts might be appeased with food. Yeah, I was saying, you know, uh, you know, mindless beast uh, might be appeased with food. So, or even not mindless, you know, some orcs have been out in the countryside and they've been having some tough luck of it. You know, some, some good provisions might just bribe them too. They may want information, the local area, other parts of a dungeon you're currently in. Uh, they may want to party, chill, come meet our leader. They'll say, you know, let's arm wrestle, do it. Such kind of like when we met the orcs and you end up talking to them and we end up gambling with them and drinking their orc beer and partying down with them. That was pretty cool. Um, team up. We can't beat the dragon alone. Help us and we can split the loot or, or there might be some task beyond their skills, ma- magic doors, uh, complex locks, etc. So say you're in the dungeon, you come across some lizard men and they're like, we keep getting our numbers are attacked by this troll or something down here team up with us to go fight the troll you know how cool is that we'll split the loot which that was a pretty common trope back in the olden dungeons yeah where it's like the lizard men are over here and the orcs are over there and they hate each other and they fight so Mm -hmm. if you manage to take out one faction without pissing off the other one you could have a good friend yeah you're big damn heroes you know or you could sometimes pit them against each other and you you come come up later on mop-up duty and you know te um, or even beyond outright attacking, they may tease the PCs, goad them, shame them, etc. Like I said, if they're coming from a place of strength, they might be like, lick my boots or whatever. Now you might would say the typical party go, well, those are fighting words and here we come. But at least there was some of that parlay beforehand or whatever. You know, they goaded them or whatever, you know. So anyway, what else would you add to that, sir? I would add for the GM that if you constantly shut down your players trying to parlay, mm-hmm. they will eventually stop trying. Mm-hmm. So that can be a GM problem as well. Mm-hmm. Or if you encourage it, maybe you have monsters try to talk their way out of things with the party sometimes instead of like, hey, before you murder us, mm-hmm. like maybe some little goblins or kobolds where they're coming from the position of weakness and they're like, okay, look, you've got all these glowing weapons. We know we're going to get smoked. How about we give you some information and tell you how to get through this certain section and mm-hmm. you let us go about our business? Well, I say like I got a little bit of an eye roll, but that one time when we were doing Adventures League or whatever. No, this is before Adventures League or was it after? Anyway, at some point we were taking some old. At some point in time. We were taking old Living Greyhawk modules and converting them into 5th edition. And this one had an encounter in the sewers with some kobolds and some of them were sorcerers and they took advantage of the terrain. And when I had them basically do a ceasefire, I kind of got an eye roll. But honestly, at that point, you guys were in bad shape. From who? 
Who yeah. was rolling their eyes uh-huh. at you? But they were in pretty bad shape too. But you did stop and try to parlay, if you'll remember, like, hey, you're in a bad shape. We're in bad shape. We did or they did? You parlayed. You literally, you, playing your character, parlayed with them as far as like the fight was going against y'all. But then again, y'all had annihilated them pretty tough too. You were like, we can keep fighting, you know, whatever, or we can each take our wounded and go the other way. And so they said, all right, fair enough. And they took their wounded and the few that survived and you collected your party, did some quick stabilization checks or whatever. Well, I remember TJ was down. Layla, the cleric, was down. I think Gary's sneaky monk was off somewhere, you know, fighting some or whatever with Kung Fu. But I think they even put the hooly dooly on him, too. Yeah. 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 It was it was pretty bad. So there was no reason for them to parlay with us. That's where you got an eye roll where it was like, now we can't even successfully TPK. Well, I was going to say they were in pretty bad shape. There was like, I think Gary taken out the sorcerers or something. Okay. So there Their was leadership. one wounded ranger left and, and one, however much they had. And one they had the, the monk was still on his feet as I remember. It was you and the monk, but my paladin was down, the cleric was down, and the wizard was down. So three, but there was a, a monk that couldn't see that was coming out of nowhere, you know, shadows and pow, 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 you know, one shot and whatever, and you were on it, tearing him up with that bow, but before TJ went down, he laid down that column of fire that literally killed like half of them instantly. So that's that's got to have some shock and awe factor there. Anyway, so I won't give you an eye roll for parlaying, but I will give people eye rolls for, and suddenly the party gets to live. It's like, really? But we've done that episode, too, yeah. about how death has to play a role in RPGs. Absolutely. We've done it all now, folks. Yeah, exactly. If you're paying attention, we're covering all these important aspects of good gameplay and game mastering and playsman, gamesmanship or whatever. How but you can yeah. be an ambassador of gaming. Yeah. What we need to do is go back to, like, how to cleric, yeah. How to rogue, mm-hmm. we've got those, but we actually have to do work for those. But you know what? I'd love to do how to rogue. That'd be that would be good. Yeah. That'd be fun. There are still ideas, but we have to work. Yeah. Nah. So guys, if, if I think we've already done how to cleric, uh, no, we haven't. We've done how to wizard. You're right. How to wizard and we, fighters. Do, do we do fighters? Yeah. We did fighters. I think I we did. You're right. So. Yeah. so definitely, if there's another class you'd like us to go over, like you know, clerics for dummies or how to cleric or whatever or wizards or whatever, rogues, let us know. And I think two of my, well, my suggestion for the topic was uh, the GMing crisis. Where have uh, all the 5th edition GMs gone? But we touched on that recent, but it was a, a quick on touch everything. on, yeah. And then the true. other one will just be down the road when you have some time to think on it of, and listeners, feel free to chime in. What's your favorite trap you've run across? Oh, yeah. Or your favorite trap that you like to sprinkle into your dungeons? doesn't matter how many doors or corridors, yeah. just traps. I When I was younger, I used a lot of traps. So I think find my players like, dude, lighten up on the traps. But my, my thought is when it's, a, it's an actual dungeon, that's been sitting here for some century unopened or whatever. It's trapped. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be traps. But sometimes some of the traps are rusted up or seized up or they've already sprung and killed somebody or something. But sprinkle that in too maybe for the verisimilitude. But anyway, yeah, what are these strange noises we're hearing today? All right. Well, with that, unless you have any last things you want to add in, Mm -mm. I can tell by the clock on the wall, we're all out of hit points. Yeah.